Carter. I'm Eloa. And I'm Erin. And if you don't know three black bitches who love true crime, you do now. This is the I Ain't a Killer podcast. Okay, y'all, welcome back to another mini-sode of a killer watch list. (laughs) (laughs) We're covering Bad Vegan, a Netflix series, and we are on episode three. It's called No Angels in Hell. I cannot believe that this is the third episode. It feels like this shit been going on for six episodes. For my whole life. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's so much. We were talking about it, I think, last week. Like, I feel like this series probably could have just been, like, an hour and a half doc. Mm -hmm. Like, it seems somewhat repetitive i mean because he was repeating himself but mm-hmm. it does seem like they kind of drew the story out a little bit but it's still good in this episode as wild. so yeah uh, we can get into it i guess um so we start with nas who if you remember is friends yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he's like quote unquote friends with uh, Anthony and Sarma and um, basically he says that the first year that he worked with Anthony they spent a lot of time in the casino Mm -hmm. and they said that he thinks that Anthony probably spent six months in the casino and sometimes like a month straight oh my goodness (laughs) so he was a gambling addict is kind of what it gives they would gamble all day yeah Yeah. all yeah and i was like maybe we should relax maybe we should do something else and he's like nah <laughs> and then he on the slots too like, right that's right. literally he be playing two games at a time mm-hmm. he said that sometimes they would spend six to seven hours just sitting at slot machines are you at least getting drunk like that's not even fun and i guess like he was a high roller kind of similar to like the um tiffany's thing mm-hmm. like he went there and they had drinks ready for him he was in like special high roller rooms i'm like with whose money i guess Sarma's. yeah, yeah. and and i was he gave him like what 100 yeah. oh yeah mm-hmm. yeah and he and that was another thing nas said that he realized that anthony was addicted to gambling but it was kind of too late to walk away from him because he knew that he would lose everything at that point mm-hmm. right it's um, sad. It is very sad. But why are you handing over cold hard cash? Hundreds of thousands of dollars of cold hard cash. Like, no way this guy is that believable that you would just write a check. Exactly. No. And hand it to him personally. He like, you didn't even go through a lawyer. <laughs> right. Maybe, I mean, maybe it's on a napkin. He probably got that money from, like, some sketchy shit and then just wanted to keep, yeah. keep it liquid, you know, keep it under the table or whatever. Right. And then was like, okay, cool. This person's kind of in that same business with me or whatever. Yeah. And then you quickly end up finding out that it is not. <laughs> right. And now <laughs> here you are in the casino <laughs> looking at some uh, slot machines. Right. So, bitch, I don't give a fuck how I come across a 100K. I'm not handing it to nobody. No. <laughs> thank you. Not, no, you thank you. Like, yeah. what? At all. Yeah. So Anthony asked Nas to fly with him from New York to Florida. I guess he was like on probation in Sarasota for stealing a car and he needed to like turn himself in for arrest. I was so confused by this. Because you're a black op who stole a car. <laughs> Nothing. Like Do you remember what Nas said? He was like, I'm from Russia. This shit is normal. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was like, oh, yeah. Niggas, niggas get, get arrested, arrested for that every shit day. day. <laughs> hey, he was like, so I was just like, okay. Uh, crime syndicate. <laughs> I don't know. I think he got the word. I'm a bird. I'm just, I think he got the word. I'm just trying to get a daddy. <laughs> it's giving grandpa thought. He, he, he 
Listen. <laughs> I can't stand y'all. <laughs> so Nathan, this is this is interesting. So Anthony asked Nas to take while he was in Florida, he asked him to take him by his ex-wife and kids' house. Which what? Bitch, that's oh my goodness. I completely forgot about this. That <laughs> shit blood. was so fucking wild. Yeah. <laughs> Nas was like, huh? Ex-wife. Child. Child. <laughs> <laughs> So this is when we meet Stacey Strangest, who is Anthony's ex-wife. Mm-hmm. She had a lot to say. She did. She said, what, y'all want me to tell you all the lies? All, all the stories. Everything. I have plenty. Right. We can keep it here all day. <laughs> that shit was wild. So she said that he he told her, so we don't know if it's true, that he was a Navy SEAL and he had been shot and was recuperating in Florida when they met. So this is from back in the day. Mm-hmm. And she said she also met Anthony's father, who confirmed all these stories. Now, if you remember, at one point, Anthony picked Sarma up to take her somewhere, and mm-hmm. he was with his father, yeah. who was also confirming his stories. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, it's now, no. <laughs> I feel like his daddy is definitely a con man, too. Yeah, yeah no, definitely. Mm-hmm. So, he also told Stacy this story that they were, like, reincarnated lovers that were, like, Which trying to find each other. the same game. That's trifle. I can't even get new games. That's what I'm saying. And like, she, that should be hurt my feelings. You didn't like, make up a new you script. another bitch the same shit you telling me? Oh, my God. Ow. Right. That shit would hurt my soul. Lie to me different. <laughs> <laughs> Give me my own different. <laughs> Give me my own lies. Right. <laughs> Oh my god! So he also said that his aunt had died and left him five million dollars. Mm-hmm. No, and they went. <laughs> they went to the banks. They set up accounts. They started actually spending money mm-hmm. because you know when you feel like you have money coming, you're like, okay, well, I'm gonna spend the money I have now because yeah. it's just gonna be replenished mm-hmm. soon. But the check never came, and now they were broke. And she also said Anthony wouldn't get a job. Oh Which wow, like, huh? <laughs> you don't get a job, right? So, at this point, Stacy's pregnant with their daughter, Riley. This shit... Okay. Anthony told her... This is a quote. You know you can kill a baby by giving it salt, and it doesn't show up in an autopsy. Oh, that shit gave me chills. I would have ran the fuck away, but she just said, oh, I'm just never going to leave him alone with the baby. Which, you I mean, yes. to be alone with him. But, yeah. That yeah. should be your cue. Yeah. That's... Yeah. Because, I mean, you got to sleep sometimes. Yeah. Right. And if he would kill a baby, he'll definitely kill you, girl. Like, right. Yeah. And that was, we- that was like, pretty wild for the story because up to this point, he's just been, like, manipulating people. Mm-hmm. It hasn't been, like, a violent mm-hmm. situation. But that is scary. Physically violent, anyway. Yeah, physically violent. Yeah. And verbal violence is very well documented. <laughs> Period. So he told her the same shit he told Sarma. Demons were after him. He called them they. I love when she was like, So they've been after you all this time and why aren't you dead? <laughs> she had all the questions. She did. She, she I mean, they're demons. They don't, they don't need feet to get to you. They're right. They could have been close to the walls and shit like the mentors. Like, yeah. <laughs> they would have been got you, friend. <laughs> She said, I need to know. <laughs> See, she's the type that wouldn't get caught up in the cult. Like, she's like, exactly. Yeah. yeah. She's mm-hmm. like, I don't, I don't know. I don't think that's it. <laughs> um, he also told her that if she ever had a metallic taste in her mouth, that she needed to run. And my question is, run where? <laughs> the taste is in your mouth. <laughs> you know, you're going to run away from her mouth? Like, well, that's not a question I had. <laughs> smelling like iron in your house and he's a ghost or something mm-hmm. you know i'm gonna run this is a constantine 
Oh, nigga. And I said, run where? You're running that supernatural game. Right. <laughs> right. Falling for it. All the way for it. So now we get back to this uh, a journalist that covers this case, I guess. He has a lot of information. So he starts telling us about Anthony's parents and his dad, who he said was violent. He was an alcoholic. He was a gambler, which makes yes. sense. And he was also a cop. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So... Apparently, Anthony's mom realized that the dad was probably going was probably taking Anthony with him to go gamble mm-hmm. because Anthony, at like three years old, starts saying phrases that have to do with gambling, and she's like, "Um, excuse me, where the <laughs> fuck did you hear that?" And she's like, "Okay, you're taking my child to go gamble. I'm gonna kick you out." After she says this, Anthony's father threatens to kill her drunkenly, and he has a gun. And he said he will kill her, kill Anthony, and then kill himself. Threatens that. He doesn't do it. But after that, Anthony's mom is obviously scared, and she calls the cops to protect her. But the dad is a cop. Right. And cops protect cops. Mm -hmm. So nothing came out of it. That's so sad. Very sad. And I guess, I mean, if this man that everybody's saying is his father in, like, the present time is really his father, I guess he's still around. That's terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. Super scary. So now we get back to Stacy, Anthony's ex-wife, and she says that while they were together, Anthony's father had a heart attack and they went to the hospital. And their daughter, while they were still in the hospital, had a soccer game. So Stacy was like, I'm going to go to the soccer game. You meet me there. Whatever. And then she just never heard from him again. Which, how traumatizing. Like, the what? ultimate ghost. Like... Y'all got a kid, and you say, "Oh yeah, yeah, you, I'm on the way," and you never pop up. There's just that's so like that would mind fuck me so bad because there's just no indication. Oh, ever have a baby daddy? Like, right? I just be scared. Like, did I imagine all of this? Mm-hmm. If he did, like, it also. Okay, this is a little bit of an aside, but in Iron Man two, Iron Man meets that kid. Y'all remember? No, so he meets his kid. He forms a little bit of a relationship with him. And Spider Man? No. Oh, it was just an older movie. And anyway, the kid is talking about his life and his parents, and he's like, "Yeah, <laughs> one dad, one day, my dad left to go get a lottery ticket, and I guess he won because he never came." Oh my god! No, I don't fucking remember that. <laughs> I screamed for like ten minutes. No, I guess he won. Oh, oh no! That's what it makes me think about. Hell yeah! That's oh gotta God. be same, same thing. Oh no! I just could never abandon someone like that. No, that's. Like, I mean, at least cruel. just be like, I'm leaving, because right. that's that's cruel. But that's at least like you're you're giving me the closure. Yeah, like I, I can wrap my mind around it instead of just having all these questions. Like I'm literally just waiting for you to show up. Probably like looking towards the parking lot. Yeah, that's sad. Or maybe afraid that you could just pop up any day, any place, anytime. True. And then he does. <laughs> so she also said, I feel like it, he was one of the greatest loves of my life. Aww. She thought that she could fix it. <laughs> no, not all. Aww, you can't fix no negative. Right. Um, and then when he left, she figured that he had just found another her. Oof. Right. That's so sad. That's very sad. Um... So, I don't know if you all have gotten this, but we kind of move around from a bunch of different interviews. So, it's kind of broken up a little bit, but we also we get back to Sarma for a minute, and she kind of says that she feels like she always had one foot in, like, real reality, and that she also had one foot in Anthony's reality. So, it was clear that, like, 
while they were together, she was the manipulation was working. Yeah, for her. I mean, that's a strong indication of being gaslit, right? When your reality is um, fluid. Um, Anthony told Sarma that there were a series of cosmic tests that she had to pass in order to get to this like happily ever after, unlimited riches, immortality thing. And <laughs> I guess one of the tests was the following. He sent her to Rome by herself on a one-way ticket. He made all of the arrangements, and she ended up in this weird part of town, and he said, quote, the family thinks you can't get through this, and if you do, you pass the test. What family? The family is right. <laughs> exactly. I'm going home. Exactly. Like, what is that even? Right. Like, what am I doing here? A one-way to a European country that's a strange not city? By myself. That, that makes absolutely no sense. And who, does, who is this fucking family? Like, are they the Volturi? Like, what is going on? How is this a test? (laughs) Like, what am I doing? What's the test? I'm I'm just surviving? Do I stay in my hotel room? Like, can I see the sights? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) (laughs) We've had some Harry Potter. We've had some Twilight. I'm in my sci-fi bag. It's about to probably watch Twilight. We're going to see Iron Man. Is it on Netflix right now? I think I'm going to watch Slumdog Millionaire. Um, I don't know what it's like. You said you're going to watch Twilight? Slumdog Millionaire. Oh, cute. Oh, I love that movie. You gotta watch it. Okay. It's so it. fucking good. I'm gonna watch it. It's really good. I love Dev Patel. Really? Is, is that him? That's he in it? Oh, I don't know. Okay. But whoever it is, it's fine as hell. Okay. But it's <laughs> um, Okay. <laughs> so, um, Bonnie, one of Sarma's employees, said that Sarma was starting to fade out of their lives and she wouldn't even reach out to them anymore. And they were starting to see more of Anthony just popping up. Um... Nas said that he felt like Anthony sent Sarma away to Rome so that she wouldn't get in in the way of any of these, like, big decisions that he was about to make for the restaurant. Mm -hmm. And while she was away, he called a meeting that the employees thought Sarma was calling, but it was actually him. Mm -hmm. So they were like, "Um, what? Why are you here? Right. He told the employees that he was buying both the restaurants, Pure Food and Wine and One Lucky Duck. So that they could get out from under Jeffrey, the like, yeah, the guy, the two million dollar debt guy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He also made himself the point of contact for the employees, and um, the employees didn't like this. And it's it so weird. Yeah. It and is like, like we talked about one of the other episodes. There's a very clear hierarchy in a restaurant, mm-hmm. and so like for someone to just come out of the blue, actually, like this actually reminds me of an experience I had as a server. Like we had the owner who was also the sous chef. But then, like, the restaurant partners brought in this other person that nobody knew, nobody respected. Like, it is throughout the whole dynamic, the whole energy of the restaurant. And, like, half of the desire of working in the restaurant is, like, the culture. Mm-hmm. And no one likes to really admit it. But, like, it, it's low-key fun. Yeah, no, that shit like, fun. When someone comes in and fucks <laughs> up the energy, like, especially up at the very top of the chain, it mm-hmm. ruins everything. So I can only imagine what they were yeah. going through. Like, they're very attached to Sarma. They love her. They know she loves them back. And then all of a sudden, there's this man just, like, pointing his finger and telling him what to do. And he was also really, like, aggressive in the way he was talking to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, if you don't like it, leave, basically. Yeah. You know, like, what? Fuck you. Okay, I'm leaving now. Because she's <laughs> not here. Right. She's not answering her phone. She's not answering no emails. What's the point? And then they recorded part of the m- meeting, and, like, when he said that, he was just like, oh, nothing's going to change. Nothing's, it's going to be right. the same. It's just, this is just, like, a logistics thing. It's still, Sarma's still going to run it. Da, da, da. Right. And then they switched back to everybody who was there, and it was like, it's mm-hmm. complete bullshit. We right. never believed any of it. And everything right. changed. We didn't believe a word he said. Right. So. So Sarma ended up being in Rome for 10 days by herself. And Shane told Shane, so Shane and Anthony are the same person. Um, some of my notes have Shane, but Anthony told Sarma that 
they needed $100,000 in order to make payroll. And that was one of the tests. She was able to get the money and she gave it to him. All right, y'all, we'll be right back after we pay some bills. Are you a huge cunt? Us too. Wait, can we even say cunt? Of course. It's empowering these days. Cunt, 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 cunt. I'm Ange Ballastone, a.k.a. the drag queen, that girl Gina. And I'm Mike Fails, just a normal gay guy, I guess. And we're the hosts of The Big Cunty Couch. A gorgeous new talk show podcast where we invite queers and peers to sit, bitch, and be fierce on a huge ass couch. While we gab about all things gay. So come get cozy. And cunty. With us. We're pan for platforms, so find us anywhere online and get listening, sweetie. Or watching. Or both. Otherwise, why the hell am I in full drag? And we'll see you on the big... Cu- oh, wait. I thought we were going to say that together. No. On the big cutie couch. Mwah. Anthony also told Sarma that there was a chance that she would meet his brother in Rome. This brother that he's talked about for the past two episodes that no one, no one knows. Mm-hmm. Is he real? We don't know. Right. Um, she thought that she was going for like some mission. And that's when the the Nas guy says mission impossible, which I thought was kind of funny, but (laughs) it's true. Sarma also told, here's another uh, reference. Yeah. (laughs) She told, she told us that she felt, okay. Sarma said that Anthony had a thing for Chris Hemsworth in Thor. And y'all know Thor. We know Thor. It's (laughs) two brothers trying to fight for control over this universe, a good and a bad. And she felt like, um, Anthony and his relationship with his brother, he was trying to emulate emulate Thor. Right. And I thought it was interesting that the other guy who's like narrating the story, I don't know if he's a lawyer or what, but he was like... I think he's the journalist. Yeah, the journalist. Yeah. He was saying that like, he believes that Anthony knew that like what he was saying was bullshit. Which is a, a question I feel like we all ask ourselves when people do really extreme, like, honestly like world building. Mm-hmm. Like, in this way to manipulate people. Um, but he believes also that Anthony was so in love with what he had created that like he like adopted it as his reality, mm-hmm. which actually makes more sense to me than a lot of like other theories around like why people operate in these ways. Like, yeah. It's not that you don't know that it's not real. It's like you want it so badly to be like, you feel a sense of like control and power and satisfaction from like, I guess bleeding into it. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. Yeah. So um, this is when we see the other Anthony, who is Sarma's friend, who she had helped while he was homeless. Um, He basically said that he no longer had a relationship with her. He was worried about her. And it basically just seems like it's all these people that were a large part of Sarma's life that are coming to say that they no longer had a relationship with her. Mm -hmm. Um, The employees basically said they were running the restaurant for her and she was nowhere to be found. Her sister said that she knew something was wrong and she felt that Anthony was trying to get in between Sarma and her family, which, yeah. Right. (laughs) Um, He also tried to meet with Sarma's dad and sister, which was weird. They both declined. (laughs) He tried to get Sarma's dad to send her money. Suspicious as fuck. To send Sarma money that he has control of. And like claiming that she's like on a healing journey and like he needs to be a part of it. But my thing was with the sister, they show like her email and she was like, I don't want to meet with you without my sister or without her knowing. I would have met with him. 
Yeah. Like I like keep your enemies close or you keep your friends close and your enemies closer. Like I would want to get a better read on him. I would get as much information as I could out of him. Like I'd be trying to set this nigga up. Like mm-hmm. what are you doing to my I'd sister? I'd push him yeah. up against the wall and be like, where the fuck is my sister? Right. Yeah. Like what is going on? Yeah. One of the two, like I, I think it was a bad call to just avoid it altogether. Yeah. Especially the father. I'm shocked. Right. Yeah. I think at that point they probably thought that like, maybe he had her somewhere and mm-hmm. then it was like, okay, well if he really does want to meet with us, he should bring her alive to this meeting or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was funny when they did when they declined. But, uh, right. but yeah, I don't think it was the smartest thing to do. Yeah. yeah. Um, so this is when we learned that Anthony kind of charmed Sarma's mother. Oh, and they started to have like some type of relationship. And he was able to ask Sarma, who was reluctant to send him money. He would get Sarma to send his mom. I'm sorry get Sarma to send her mom money, and then the mom would then send it to Anthony. Just trifling. And he basically roped the mom in as, like, a go-between between them. What? And he convinced her that, like, everything he was doing was to help Sarma. But then Sarma would have asked for that. That's her mama. Right. And I'm wondering if, like, he is manipulating her in a similar way that he manipulated Sarma. But, Yeah. So in 2014, the pure food and wine manager, his name is Jim, he gets a notice from the bank about a $90,000 transfer from somewhere in New Hampshire. It's just thousands, millions of dollars just floating ping pong and back and forth between people. Like it stresses me out. And meanwhile, the restaurant is struggling. And we, I think we get into it in this episode, but they're saying the restaurant isn't struggling. The money is just like being Being pulled constantly. So like, I don't, it's... I don't get it. So the transfer comes from somewhere in New Hampshire and the manager knew that that's where Sarma's mom lived. So he also found out that Shane was staying there sometimes. I don't get it. I don't get it. He reached out to Sarma and he basically said that he felt that her mom was stealing from them. And he admitted that it probably wasn't the best approach, but it led Sarma to firing him. I think he was saying that he felt like Sarma was stealing from the employees. Oh, really? That's okay, I, I must have misinterpreted that. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, and she basically was like, it's my money and I'll do with it what I want. He was like, and that was technically true. Yeah. But that still don't make it right. It's people wages you playing with. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, that's wage stuff. And then, and then we, we learned that people did try to intervene and they tried to speak up. And if they did, like the manager, they were fired. Yeah. Because I think we were like speculating about that last time. Like, why aren't people saying anything? But I guess mm-hmm. they did. And when they did, they were pushed away. Um, we get some more recordings between Anthony and Sarma. He's like yelling at her to transfer more money. And she's saying no. He's saying, like, who the fuck are you? Like, basically saying that she doesn't have any right to her things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, just more manipulation. It's so insane that we have so many recordings of their conversations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like, that is so wild. Yeah. yeah. It's just so, it, it's so eerie to hear it. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. It's scary. So, at this point, Anthony gets Sarma to drive her car to Montreal. And from there, they fly to Paris. They also bounced around Europe for a few weeks. He tried to get her to get somebody, someone she knew to learn, loan her money while they were out and about. He also went to a ton of casinos and he was um, using that money to fund like super expensive trips and clothes and watches and bracelets. 
And during this time that they're in Europe, the employees are like alone. <laughs> like what the fuck? Sarma never showed up mm-hmm. and they were basically running both restaurants by themselves. They also weren't getting paid. Yeah. And which they better than me. Cause the, the moment my check bounced. Yeah. So am I. Are you kidding me? Yeah, it would and that's what they ended up doing. It was like, yeah, yep. due to whatever unforeseen conditions, um, pure food and wine is shut down or whatever. They should have bended that shit. Right. Like from day one. Matter of fact, if you don't see your boss for weeks on end, something's about to something's about to fuck up and y'all Listen, need to shut that shit down. You need to try to find another job. Yeah. They didn't get paid. Mm-hmm. And like Eliwa said, the restaurant shut down. Mm-hmm. And um then the kitchen manager walk out first, mm-hmm. which good for her they walked they walked out because you can't have no restaurant without no kitchen staff hmm. <laughs> so sarma came back from europe and the restaurant had closed down while she was away all the money had been drained and to reopen it sarma had to pay the landlord of the space back rent and she also had to pay the staff she was able to raise eight hundred and fifty thousand dollars from investors still don't even know how the fuck she did that shit how how? And my thing is, she sent Anthony a million dollars at this point. She was able to raise $850,000. She was only $2 million in debt. Yeah. I'm like, she would have been scot-free. Yeah. She would have owned all her shit. All of it. Independently. How the fuck did she do that? Like, to have that amount of influence and trust from people with that amount of money? Like, your shit already failed. I'm giving you hundreds of thousand dollars for some shit that's already done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so she, she was able to open up the restaurant and this was interesting too so jim the one that was fired for saying that sarma stole the money Mm -hmm. he ended up opening up another restaurant while um pure food and wine was shut down and he took all the kitchen staff and employed them which Mm -hmm. i mean i thought that was admirable yeah that's really cool but once pure food and wine opened back up all the employees immediately went back which it goes back to what Carter said. It's all about the culture. Working in a yeah. restaurant is so fun when the culture is there. Yeah. But then that shit ruins it. And leadership like that, what the fuck she was doing with taking off to Europe for some test or whatever the fuck, that's what ruined it. And it ended up happening a fucking end. Mm-hmm. So they restructured the restaurant and they... Sarma basically said that they had like a bunch of different owners and she tried to take like all the money responsibility away from herself so that Anthony wouldn't have access to it. Mm. And I'm like, I, I think I've said this before. I have, I'm obviously trying not to blame the victim in the situation, but it's hard for me to not say like, you're putting systems into place so that he doesn't have access to the money. You're recording the phone conversations because you know that something's going wrong. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know how, even while doing all those things, she's still like, so trusting. Yeah. Yeah. Like she said, one foot in. I don't know. I think it's, I think it's that, that part of you that just, even when everything is fucked up, you just really want it to stop and you want everything to work out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So there's like that small last little bit of faith just holding on. Cause I mean, it could all work out if uh if niggas are just in their bullshit and yes. they stop manipulating you in the way that they have or whatever then it could always be like okay we had some dark times but this is what we are now yeah and, you know so she's just hoping it'll get to that point yeah, i'm just holding yeah. out and it's, it's like, just so sad yeah it's very sad so um pure food and wine was doing really well nas said that he was depositing the money from the restaurant into the bank by himself because he was afraid that it would be stolen and he even said that after all of this, the police thought that he was 
excuse me, he, he was a part of Anthony's scheme because he had that relationship with Anthony and he was handling the money. Oh my God. The employees also didn't really trust him. They didn't really understand why he was around. Right. But Sarma trusted him. Yeah. yeah like, no, who are you? <laughs> and you're the one transferring the money back you and came, forth? You started showing up the same time this nigga started showing up. Like, <laughs> Y'all right. always together. Right. right. You at the casino and shit. But Sarma trusted him, so he was around. I mean, he did seem trustworthy, though. Like, from the perspective that we're getting of him, but mm-hmm. I can understand being an employee in the restaurant being like, yeah, I don't fuck with none of y'all new folks. Yeah, right. Exactly. Um, Sarma and Anthony were fighting around this time, and she found out that Anthony was even talking to her investors through her email without her knowing. Oh, yeah. I forgot about this part. So, um... <sighs> We've mentioned him before because we were introduced to him in the first episode, but Will is Anthony's partner in business. He's like a tech guy. And um, in the beginning of their relationship, he met up with Sarma, or he didn't meet up with her, but he communicated with Sarma in order to get information for all of her accounts, her email accounts, bank accounts, and things so that he could quote unquote protect her from Mm -hmm. the enemy. So Sarah was getting suspicious of this Will guy and she was like, I don't know if I believe you, whatever. She would message him and be like, How do you how do I know that this isn't Anthony talking from another account? And Will would kind of like go back and forth and he would be like, Well, if it is Anthony, then blah blah blah, whatever, whatever. This part fucked me up. No, I'm still <laughs> fucked up and I hope we talk about the same thing. All of a sudden, while we're going through this conversation that Sarma and Will are having, Sarma's saying, how do I know you're real? Will's responding, well, of course I'm real. Why would I be blah, 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 blah. You need to just trust Anthony. He loves you so much. Yeah, Anthony loves you. Just trust him. Why would he do this to you? The person, the Will person that we've been seeing this whole time through the interview disappears. And it's like, there, there was no Will. There was never a Will. And I'm still <laughs> shook. Yeah. I was so shook. I was, and it was so, it was like they were manipulating us. Yes. That shit had me. It's like, damn, we got scammed too? Right. right. Like that easy. But yeah. I mean, she said like, I, you never email me or I am me when he's in the room. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, I just want to know, like, can we meet up? Blah, blah, blah. He's like, well, if we meet up, then how do you know that Anthony didn't just pay someone who looks like me or has my description and give them a fake ID? So you need to just have faith. You just need to trust. Yeah. It's like, literally, she was right. She was so right. She was literally right. But it was so interesting. So I'm like, damn, are they like trying to shove it in our face? Like, see, you can be manipulated too. Like, yeah, it's no. easy. Yeah. Oh, Lord. I think, well, go ahead. Okay, yeah. <gasps> I was gonna say when well, we saw Will. Yeah, so that is Will. a little bit. Yeah, yeah. He had his name at the bottom of the interview screen. <laughs> Please. Well, okay, cool. At least Will is really not. Yeah. Oh my God, I was that so wild. That's yeah. so scary. Reveal. So we learned that it was Anthony speaking to her from another account, and this means that. Anthony was the one who has control over all of her stuff. Mm-hmm. He's been able to see every single one of her communications. And that's how he's been tracking her. That's how he knows when she's having lunch in California and mm-hmm. when she's like at a hotel in New York. And I'm sitting next to somebody. It's like, how do you know I'm sitting next to this person? Right. So, you got a bug on you, girl. Right. Woo. A bug named Will. <laughs> that show is fucking wild. Oh my that was the best part of the documentary or the docu series, one hundred percent. Yeah, like they did that. Also, tech guys don't need your shit. Like they can figure own, it out. Yeah, they can figure it out. <laughs> and two, why do tech guys need your account information and shit like that? Like and why that? are they having such an intimate friendship? Because he said, "Will quote unquote Will said to Sarma, 
I'm beginning to think of you as a sibling. Yeah, no, that's Ew. weird. Sir, what? That's Ew. weird. And oh, Will loves, like, he loves you and didn't. How long have you known him? How long have y'all been friends? Right. Are y'all friends? I thought you just was the computer guy. Like, and why your Google Hangouts thumbnail don't have no picture on it? <laughs> Please. <laughs> you ain't got no signal. Red flag number one. Right. Ain't text messages, nothing. You ain't got Sorry, no Summer girl, you got all this money. Like, you need to start running background checks. Yeah. On everybody. Immediately. Absolutely. Absolutely. Alec Baldwin will do it for you, I'm sure. Sierra <laughs> would literally just start. We were talking about that before we started recording. And there's no possible way I could ever be a good looking white woman. And let this, I'm sorry, it's, I'm not blaming her. I'm just saying in general, like me personally, if I was given that power, mm-hmm. I wouldn't step on niggas. <laughs> you would never be able to step on me. Fair. Like you're not taking, you're not getting no money from me. <laughs> you, and you better prove that you're worthy before you even try to get some coochie. Like I just, I just, I don't yeah. this, right. so, this is such a sad situation. I don't understand how something like this happens. It is, yeah. it is. So shortly after the restaurant reopened, Sarma reached out to Jeff the restaurant manager guy and which he must really care about her i think yeah, he no. does like personally he really does. Real quick. <laughs> so this this kind of story is confusing so i'm gonna go through my notes but if y'all understand a little more help me out okay so she said that she wanted jeff to meet with somebody named michael caledonia oh, shit, I forgot about that. yeah and basically he's somebody who wants to buy out the business Mm -hmm. he wants to buy all the investors everything Mm -hmm. and he said that um he would do this but he wants to maintain anonymity Mm -hmm. so they set up a meeting for michael and jeff but he doesn't show up Mm -hmm. they set up another meeting he doesn't show up and i'm talking about michael michael doesn't show up and jeff is like what the fuck is going on right but sarma had assured jeff that she had vetted Michael through a third party, like financial institution. Wow. Yeah. So Jeff is still like, okay, well, like, you know, I'm going I'm to give it this, this opportunity. Like, I'm right. going to try yeah. like, and see it through. So Jeff is in Miami and Sarma's like, hey, we can do a meeting in Miami. They set up all three of them to meet. Anthony, um, this is where I was getting confused because I guess Anthony was also supposed to come to the meeting with Sarma. So Sarma and Anthony were supposed to meet Jeff in Miami and Sarma and Anthony were flying in from wherever they were at at the moment. Yeah. And at the last minute, Anthony tells Sarma, oh, I can't go. Like at the security line. Yeah. And so Sarma flies to Miami by herself and they were supposed to be meeting at the hotel that Jeff was staying at. And then the last minute, Sarma's like, Oh, uh, no, Michael reached out via email and told Jeff, like, I missed my flight t- to no fault of my own. Um, can we reschedule again or something along those lines? Yeah, it's like at this point. So yeah. it ends up just being Sarma and Jeff meeting. And that's kind of where that ends. But when we are talking to Sarma in present day, is she telling us that the Michael guy is Anthony? I yeah. Think so. Okay. so ultimately, which her logic was, she said, it was Anthony, and they're like, okay, but like you knew it was Anthony, so like, why would you tell Jeff that yeah. it was somebody else? Mm-hmm. And she was like, well, I didn't see what the problem was if Anthony was gonna buy everybody out. Mm-hmm. Well, because you're lying to your friend and someone that cares about you. Exactly. That and this nigga has clearly shown you he doesn't have the bank to back up the shit he's saying. She yeah. thinks he's gonna buy out everybody. Everybody. That so that's the two million dollars. That's the eight hundred fifty thousand dollars she just bought. That's whatever other debt they owe through all this bullshit that he done caused. Like, and it's like he's shown you time and time. Matter of fact, no, 
He's showing you time and time again, like you said. Like, he's not going to back that shit up. But also, he's asking you for money. Right. <laughs> this nigga ain't shit. Am I buying this out? When, right. When have you ever been to his apartment? Like, where his dog at? <laughs> they got all this. The family got all this money. The family got all this property. The, like, they got all these resources and shit like that. What he on you? Sh- what he on you? I was like, this one. What does your brother look like? Because if he got the money, that's where I'm gonna be. That's, at. Okay. that's why I need to be fucking. Like, cause you playing <laughs> exactly. But she literally, like you said, manipulated her friend, someone who has proven over the years to put so much trust and care into her. Mm-hmm. Held on to two million dollars for her. Yes, and she said, I don't see the point. And to this day, she said, I don't see the problem. Right, yeah. which is like, girl. <laughs> And that honestly turned me off from her a little bit. I know she's the victim in this story, but it also just like snapped me back to the reality that like white women can get away with like, if there is a chance that she's not telling the whole truth, Mm -hmm. there will never be consequences for that. Which the probability is very high. Because like while she is a victim, she also victimized her, the people who trusted her, the people who depended on Mm -hmm. her, her staff, like. The niggas is working for free, not because they care that much about the restaurant. There's no way. No. They did it because they loved her. Right. And that's just fucked up, too. And they, and, she, and they trusted her to come back and do the right thing. Right. Like, this is just a blip on an otherwise, like, amazing personality and a wonderful person who mm-hmm. we know and love. Okay, let's tough it out. She'll be back in, like, 10 days or whatever the fuck. And we'll get paid double or right. whatever the fuck. And like, she's good for it because she cares mm-hmm. about me. Yeah. Like, that's, that's it did. really hurtful. Yeah. It is. It, it really is. And that turned me off from her, too. Yeah. So, um, Sarma left Miami. She didn't go back to New York. Basically, her and Anthony left New York. They didn't come back for a long time. He was still asking her for money. He asked her to send $50,000 to some people. I don't know who. And she refused to do it. So, he just went into her bank account and sent the money himself. <gasps> Uh, um we hear from the other anthony sarma's friend um who she helped when he was homeless he said that he had gone by the restaurant i guess to check on her and this is when he sees people outside with signs and they were picketing they were protesting the um they were chanting raw food raw deal what do we want our wages when do we want them now so the restaurant employees were starting to protest Sarma and her restaurant. And it's interesting that even at that point, that employee was like, you know, it was like 50, 50, 50% of people yeah. just wanted their money. Yeah. And like would have still forgiven Sarma. Mm-hmm. And then the other half were like, nah, we about to ruin your reputation. 100%. Yeah. But I think it's interesting that even up until that point, like people are still like, no, we still care. But I, I mean, like I also got to feed my kids. Yeah. And when he gave the example of like, if you, your spouse, and your kid all work at the restaurant and all three of y'all not getting your check, like, yeah, then you want to do, yeah. Uh, yeah. So it started to just get real humanized. Like, there are people that are being impacted by this. Mm-hmm. Um, at this point, it was really clear that Anthony was running a scam. And Was it? Was it clear? <laughs> <laughs> the employees, some of the employees said that they felt like Sarma should have known better. They felt like... Um, she was getting money based on the former success of the restaurant, but the money that she was getting from these investors never went back into the restaurant. Mm-hmm. It was still being funneled out. Right. Um, they also hadn't paid taxes in a long time. One thing you a don't long fuck with time. is the I, the R, and the X. <laughs> the don't you do they it. Not get the urge, right. They're going to snatch up all that shit. <laughs> 
So this is when the episode ends and we're with Sarma and basically she says that she didn't know where her and Anthony were going and she definitely didn't know that they were on the run. Oh my god! I, I think I'm gonna watch the next episode tonight. Yeah, I mean, it was a good like cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, clearly we're gonna get them on the run. And this is the last episode, right? Yeah, yeah this is when all the wild shit happened. Oh yeah, most definitely. I might Ooh. even take notes. <laughs> Look at you. Okay, let me find out. Do a mind map. <laughs> wow y'all this has been an interesting series i'm I'm interested to see how they ended out i mean clearly we're talking to samra and not anthony so some shit goes down right i also want to know is her mama dead why she ain't being interviewed she probably embarrassed because she got played Uh, but honestly no she probably is you're right and let me speak for yourself girl let me find out she is playing anthony oh i mean it tracks Oh, Lord. He was staying in her. Yeah. He was staying in New Hampshire too. Yeah, he did say he wanted to meet up with her in that email. They met up. Ooh, Ooh. <laughs> met up. What's he? <laughs> right. <laughs> you was sugar mama. All right, y'all. With Sarma's money. <laughs> All right. <laughs> True. Um, okay, so we'll be back next time with the final episode of the series. All right. Bye. Bye, y'all. Bye.